This is Jennifer Wolf with First Alliance Mortgage here with a tip about your credit scores. Credit scores will make such an impact on the cost of a mortgage loan. The lower the credit score, the higher the cost. And those costs include the interest rate and the mortgage insurance. The higher interest rates and higher mortgage insurance can make a payment increase by hundreds of dollars a month. So it is important to keep your credit scores as high as possible. Those things that will impact the credit score can include late payments, collections, bankruptcies, too many open accounts, and even high credit card balances, just to name a few. So when you're thinking about trying to improve your credit scores, there are a few things to keep in mind. When it comes to late payments and bankruptcies, it's hard to change the past. So unfortunately, those just have to stay like they are. And as for collections, there might be an opportunity to pay off a collection, but beware because paying off a collection can make your scores drop significantly lower. The one thing that a lot of people are surprised by is credit card balances. It is important and recommended that you keep your credit card balance under 30% of the credit card limit. So keeping your balances down is always a great idea. If you're thinking about purchasing a home, I highly recommend contacting our office to discuss the items on your credit report that are impacting your credit scores. We have several tools to help map out a plan on how to improve those scores so that you can set yourself up for the lowest cost monthly mortgage possible. You can reach me at 979-694-1000 and I will be happy to help. Thanks, Jennifer. Check out the great information we recorded with Jennifer called Home Mortgage Basics. Okay, let's get started on today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Real Estate Real Talk. My name is LaTanya Button. As always, I have Haley Bauer here with me from Bryan College Station, the heart of Aggieland, as we discuss land and farm and ranch properties. The purpose of this podcast is to help educate you on how the different real estate processes work, as well as equip you as the buyer or seller to ask great questions to your agent. Thanks for joining us. So let's get started. We will be discussing the country properties, farm and ranch, and also raw land. So Haley, you and I have done a lot of land listings as well as farm and ranch properties. Yes, we have. So let's talk about what goes into these types of listings and how they're different from regular residential listings. So land and ranch properties are a totally different animal compared to a single family home in a neighborhood. They usually take a little bit more preparation to get listed, especially the uh, ranch properties, just because we need so much more information and marketing for those. Right. So let's talk about what some of the information is that we need from the seller to list their property. Okay. So we'll start with farm and ranch properties. On a listing like this, we need to know exactly how much acreage we're talking about. Is it ag exempt? Um, What is the exemption? If it's for hay, how many round bells or square bells does the property produce per cutting? And how many cuts do they get per year? Um, If it's for cattle, we need to know like how many head of cattle they run on the property. Do they rotate pastures and that kind of thing? Yes. And even though it may be over 15 acres for the livestock 
exemption that is needed in Brazos County. If it doesn't currently have an exemption, then if the new owner wants ag exemption, it could take up to five years to get that exemption back in place. Correct. And we should also mention each county does vary with minimum acre uh, requirements for ag exemptions. So Burleson and Washington counties are going to be different from Brazos County, but for this purpose, uh, for Brazos County, you have to have five acres minimum to do um, honeybees or for hay production. So if you have questions about like what are the minimum types of requirements that are needed to you know, get your ag exemption, reach out to your county's tax office or reach out to us and we can help you find those answers. Um, something else is, does the property have a pond or a stock tank? Um, what type of fencing does it have? Is it barbed? Is it smooth wire, horse paneling, or wood? Yeah, and is that fence in good repair? Many of my buyers, they want to ride the perimeter of the property and see if there's any broken fencing because that is something that they'll have to get fixed right away so that it doesn't cause damage to their animals or make sure that they don't escape. Yes, and all that matters when you're advertising and marketing a property to a certain audience. So, for example, if you have some uh, buyers who are into horses versus uh, buyers who are into cows um, or someone who's looking to do a 4-H project like a goat, um, that's going to require different fencing rather than like just regular old barbed wire. So something else is, um, you know, does it have a barn? Is it more like an old shop or is it really like an actual fancy horse barn with um, cooled and heated tack room? Does it have an equipment shed um, or a shop? How big is it? Is it on a slab? Yeah, and does it have electricity and water? Some of the barns have a separate electric pole, and when the buyer wants to transfer the utilities, they need to know that because the utility company, they don't always connect the accounts together, so they don't mention it when you call. And also, another thing, maybe it has an RV outlet, and that is something that buyers would want to know. Maybe that's something they're looking for. Yes, and another important topic to discuss is mineral rights. Um, it is really important uh, for the rural properties. Yes, that's right. And sometimes the seller doesn't know if they have the mineral rights unless they've already been contacted by a landman in order to lease their minerals. And usually they'll find that out if they own all the minerals or maybe it's half the minerals, a quarter, um, or if they have executive rights to lease the property. Otherwise, as standard, I usually suggest that we just go ahead and reserve the minerals. That way, it's documented in the county records. And when the oil and gas company sends someone to research the records, they have they or their heirs will be contacted to negotiate a lease. And when you do reserve the minerals, make sure that your agent contacts the title company to confirm that they have included the reservation of minerals in the warranty deed, even though it's in the contract that you've signed. Um, you want to make sure you know it's in the warranty deed. Otherwise, there could be legal issues later. Yeah, that's right. So um, let's talk about a survey. Sometimes there are boundary issues or maybe there's a private road to your house, but another owner uses the road to access their property. A survey helps clarify the boundaries. Right. And is it a deeded easement? Um, it's also important to know if you have an existing survey. If you don't have a survey, you will either need to get one done or have your seller's agent put in the private remarks in the MLS that there is no survey and the buyer will need to purchase one if their lender is requesting it, which most of the time they are. Right, that's true. 
Um, let's talk about the soil. Buyers do want to know what the what type of soil that it has. So some have horses, and there are different types of soils that are better for their feet, for example. There's also certain types of grasses that grow better in some soils uh, rather than others. So uh, something else to mention is if the seller is wanting to include any equipment in the sale uh, or if they want to sell it separately. So I've had some ranch sellers uh, want to sell tractors and tractor implements and paneling and feeders. And you just need to, you know, get that all sorted out. If it's going to be separately, it's nice to get an asking price on all of that and display it in the listing or in the MLS or both. So Haley, talk to me about listing photos on farm and ranch properties. So just like residential properties, we have our professional photographer come out and get photos of the house on the inside and the out. Uh, But in addition to that, I also have an aerial photographer come out too. Um, He is a licensed drone pilot and he can get those cool pictures from up high so people can really, you know, visualize the boundaries better. Or, uh, you know, if you're up high, and you can see the the pond and the tree line better. So it's just, it's really great to have an aerial photographer. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's switch gears and talk about raw land. How is that different? So for land, uh, the biggest thing is it improved or unimproved. And meaning it's just, you know, is it a big thicket of woods? That's going to be considered unimproved. Or has it been cleared And have there been uh, improvements to the properties like utilities and that kind of thing? Yeah, and whether the buyer is trying to get um, a manufactured home or a new build, um, there are added costs if the property does not have the septic or the well or the utility. So that's important. Right, and raw land is most likely not going to have a septic already in place. If you're lucky, it'll have the electricity in place. That's primarily what I see. Now, let's talk about uh, what if a portion of land is being sold out of a larger tract. Yeah, subdividing land. I've also seen that typically there's not a survey. As we mentioned before, the seller and the buyer will need to decide who's going to pay for that. That's true. And also the buyer will need to get a new address um, because it's typically listed as like TBD, uh, Smith Street or 000 right, Smith to Street. be determined. Right. And so the lender will need a new address um, sometimes, and sometimes the seller will need to provide that before the loan can move forward to closing. Yeah. Another important part of searching for land is whether the property is in a floodplain. Many times as buyers, they're looking for the best price, of course, and usually they will understand that there will be a longer drive. But what they don't realize is that many times the lower the price, the greater the possibility that the property is in a floodplain. True. And it's important for the buyers to check with their agent to verify that or uh, check the FEMA floodplain maps uh, yourself just to be certain. It's super easy. Uh, Just Google FEMA floodplain maps apps and you can just type in the address and it'll pull it all up. But um, many buyers are looking for land for different reasons and finding land is not as easy as one may think. But, you know, country properties are different from residential, that's for sure. Yeah, that's good information. So talk to me about restrictions on a property. Well, there can be several restrictions. You know, some of the ones that we see out here are, do they allow mobile homes? Do they not? Um, do they, um, 
allow for pigs or chickens. Some places don't. They've got those in the restrictions. So I know I had one property that um, they were cutting. They were cutting the property in half. So it's about thirty acres, and they wanted to sell sixteen of it. So my buyer bought the sixteen, but they, in the warranty deed, added in several restrictions that they wanted for that side of the property. So they wanted the house and the barn to have the same type of material on the outside. Um, they didn't want any manufactured homes. They wanted to limit several things on that property. So they can yeah. do that. And you can look back in the warranty deeds if you're if you're concerned, your agent. Um, they can even go down to the county records and research it themselves or online if they have that ability to do that. But they can look up and see if there's any restrictions in the warranty deeds. Yeah, that's a good point. I've even had one uh, that was right off the highway. Uh, so it could have gone commercial or residential. And the seller actually owned property right next door, so he didn't want you know, anything to affect his property value. So um, they put in place, you know, cannot be commercial property for five years. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's different restrictions that is important to remember. Well, that wraps it up for now. Next time, we'll be discussing another exciting real estate topic. Thank you all for joining us and allowing us the opportunity to share the real estate process with all of you. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please email us at realtalkaggieland at gmail.com. As always, check out our other podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and when you have a real estate question, give us a call. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Real Talk.